listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harden, and today we're talking about strong women in marriage, and I have the eight and nine glow pairing for you. This is a very common pairing. I'm so delighted to have my friend Liza Carden on to talk with me about her beautiful marriage, Big Dreams. When I think of Liza, the word refreshing comes to mind, and I hope that you are equally refreshed by her talk today and by the way she does get vulnerable and she does get real with us at the same time, which as you know, is the very best of type eight. And we're going to get to hear how her type nine really helps her to feel safe and how she makes him feel heard. So they're working as we all are on trying to balance and trying to honor one another's gifts. I know we're going to have a good time together. I also want to remind you that if you're buying the InterVarsity special books, the wonderful Enneagram Reflection series, that you would make sure you use the ENM code. It's EMPOD30, and then you get 30% off as well as you also get free US shipping. So it's a great way to get to know whatever type you're struggling with the most. I think as I reviewed the books the most, the two was a really big delight for me because even though some of my best friends are twos, it was really kind of fun getting to hear what's going on in side of a two because as you know, twos are so others focused. So I really got to explore the interior regions of a two and I'm still enjoying the books, but Truity Psychometrics has a new fun test out for singles out there on your compatibility using the Enneagram. Of course, we all know that the truest compatibility, and I think of the late Dr. David Daniels saying, is when you're in high levels of health. So when you're married, I mean, it's not an irrelevant idea for you to see your compatibility, but if you're single and listening, it's okay to say, here are some of my values, here are some of my core desires in finding a partner. Even Truity in their own research and on their page, they're actually basing it on the 88,000 person study that they were able to do with our group and trying to really figure out what are the pairings and who are the most common pairings. And they took the results of the study so that they could help people to find a little bit of a closer fit. So the whole Enneagram and dating world can take off a little bit more. But yet you and I also know that a lot of times you do think you would want somebody who's maybe more of a friend type for you because you find you're looking for somebody almost just like yourself. And then instinctually, something deeper down knows you need an opposite. So I just find the whole thing fascinating. And I hope you do too. And I hope you enjoy it. I'll leave it in the show notes for you. I'm so excited for you to meet Liza. I'm so excited for you to hear about another double body type marriage. This is powerful stuff, guys. When you have two body types in a marriage, it's a beautiful thing because they're both logical and they're both using their instincts to help them along. And they're also learning to balance their hearts and they're thinking beautifully. So I love to see this. And I do want you guys to know we see a lot of body types in pairings because Eights, nines, and ones pair up the most with everybody. So I don't know if that's because they're so strong or what, but I do know that this is going to be a fun topic. Hi, Liza. I am so glad to have you on the podcast. Hi, Krista. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, I am so glad you're here. You and I have such fun energy together. <laughs> so I do. Yes, I'm like, we will have no loss of topic. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Yes, I was on the Enneagram 8 podcast recently and I came away with such energy. So you guys do know that. I hope you today get lots of energy from what we're talking about. We are talking about the glow couple, big dreams. And I would love if you could tell our audience just a little bit about you and your marriage first, Liza. Of course. So I have been married for just over a year. I am an 
eight wing seven. My husband, Nick is a nine wing one. And we were actually got set up. I'm a hairstylist and one of my clients set us up and I had no interest in going on a date with him. I was just really career focused and didn't have time for that. And so mm-hmm. eventually I gave in and went out on a date and he was fantastic, really great guy. But I personally was still just kind of healing from past relationships and focusing on my career. And so Nick and I just became really great friends and built a really strong friendship. And then over time after, you know, he gave me space and time that I needed and we ended up eventually dating and he, he won me over (laughs) and um, we've been married for about a year and a half now, almost. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love your story of how you guys balance each other out so well, but I'm also loving now getting to hear this side of it, how he had to win you over as an eight, you had to have some time. And I know that's actually usually something nines love too, is to slide in a little slower. So was that actually a fit for him that you guys could start as friends too? Yes, it was definitely a fit for both of us for two different reasons. I feel like for Mm -hmm. me, it was more about the you know, having trust issues and being able to trust somebody and letting someone into my life and not being as independent and career focused, even though I still am. um, But you know, letting somebody else into my life, for him, it was more so about just, I think, naturally being slow moving into a relationship, just to get to know somebody and to make sure that I got along with his friends and his family and all of all of that side. So for two different reasons, but yes, mutually, it was like perfect timing for both of us when we were both ready to, to enter into a relationship. Mm, That's awesome. I love hearing that and how it was for two different reasons. That's a really cool clarification. Um, So, and a surprise for me, I didn't know that about you. So that's so cool. And Maybe you can also tell us something else that I've been finding fascinating about the eight and nine pairing. But first, I just want to make a little caveat. And that is, I literally love where you had your wedding. Can you tell everybody about the venue? Because it's my favorite place in our area. Yes. Oh, it was such a perfect day. We got married at Botanical Gardens at Selby Gardens. And it was, we had a really small wedding. There were only 12 of us, including us. We just had immediate family and we got married right on the water and had our reception outside. And it was just, it was a perfect day. Oh my gosh. I love the video. I love the day. I love the dress. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy for you. And anybody who wants to come to the South Florida area must check out Selby Gardens on the ocean. It's just a dreamy place. So I'm extra happy you guys did your wedding there. But what I really find intriguing about your pairing with most of the couples I've worked with is that there's a business ownership usually. So tell me about that. Is that something that just flows from your eight, nine dynamic? Yeah. So I owned, I own a salon and I owned my salon for a while before Nick and I had ever even met. Um, and then I started a second business since we've been together, but I, wow. I can totally see how that pairing makes sense. Nick and I together, when I was reading over the glow of big dreams, it made so much sense because Nick and I will go for walks with our dog. And the whole time we're walking, we're talking about the future. We're talking about our dreams. We're talking about the visions that we have for our lives, both individually and together as a couple. So mm-hmm. I think that the eight, nine pairing as business owners, as a team makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really neat. And what I normally see, not always, cause I've actually seen it in the reverse is that the eight is the business owner. Like you said, and I love that you said, now that I'm an eight, nine pairing, I've had freedom to do a second business. 
<laughs> but I also love when I see the reverse too. So do you think that with your marriage, it's probably going to be that you have the business ownership or that you guys own together? Or is that just, it's hard to see sometimes too, what of course God's going to do later, but I think at this point, it is more me as the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. I noticed since Nick and I have been together that I have, I think, brought that up in him more and helped him to see more possibilities mm-hmm. of perhaps business ownership in himself even. But for in our relationship currently, me being the business owner, he has done such a great job of helping me to become a better owner because of his nine. I mean, Nick is so encouraging. And when I, when I opened my second uh, business as a coach, just really pouring words of encouragement and affirmations into, into that business. And he is great as a nine because he sees a different side of things. You know, nines usually are better at seeing all sides of the situation, all sides of mm-hmm. um, different people's points of view versus an eight. You know, I'm, I'm very driven. I'm very goal oriented. And when I set a goal, I, I usually achieve it, which I think is true for most eights. Mm-hmm. And Nick really helps me to see all sides of a different situation and helps me to make better decisions within my business and with my team, um, from bringing in that heart side that he connects with so well. So we have talked about in the future, what type of business maybe we would open together, uh, which I think could be really fun for both of us. But, um, it's amazing Mm -hmm. to see how, even in my business that I'm, I'm the sole owner of how he connects into that piece. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. And he's able to bring different angles. I love how you said it's like a basically like a prism where he's seeing from all different kinds of shades and shapes and angles. And you are saying, wow, I have this big energy and ability to dream, but taking that with you is why I think we picked the balloon launch. It's like, if you're balanced, it's really good. And we'll talk about the stresses too, um, (laughs) that can come with that pairing. But I want to first talk a little bit more about those big dreams you have, because one of the things that I think is most fascinating about eight women and all eight is the the ways that you guys do have such gusto and such big hopes for life. And I wondered how you've even managed on doing that and being a Christian and a strong woman, because I think that there's a lot of seeming paradoxes in there that we don't have to make paradoxes, but that are paradoxes, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think that the Enneagram or any personality type assessments, just the study of human behavior mm-hmm. is so key in being a strong woman, be understanding yourself as an eight, understanding yourself as a business owner, because the Enneagram is not really about saying, well, this is how, who I am. And that's just the way that it is. It's about understanding why you do the things that you do, why you feel the way that you do, and also why others feel the way that they do so that you can foster stronger relationships and have better communication. So as an eight, there has been this bit of tug of war, especially as I was younger growing up, I was raised kind of in a, in a belief system of femininity was about softness and being gentle and being naturally maternal, which are not traits that I naturally embody. Um, I'm much more of take charge. I'm a lot of no nonsense and very bold. (laughs) things that are deemed masculine traits a lot of times. So dealing with this tug of war of how do I 
how do I own my femininity and also step into who I really am, which is a strong woman without having shame around that, without feeling bad about that, or that I need to play myself down. And I think that just understanding that I was created on purpose for a purpose, just the way that I am was key in understanding that. And some of the women that you actually brought into my life through the Bible of Deborah and Ruth, who were really godly women, but they were strong and they knew who they were. And mm-hmm. leaning into that as a Christian woman has helped me to realize that, you know, there isn't shame in the fact that I'm, I'm bold and that I'm strong and that I'm a go-getter, but if anything, it's where my power lies. Mm, Oh my goodness. I love hearing that. And I'm so glad you just embraced the Deborah study. I cannot believe how hidden she is. Can you like, nobody talks about her. No. And and when you first gave me that study, it was like a whole new world was opened up to me. I mean, she's just a powerhouse woman and the questions that you have in your study. And if, if your listeners haven't done your Deborah study, they definitely should. It's just, it's so powerful in in learning not only just about a new, you know, not new, but in kind of under, under um, praised, if you will, (laughs) underdeveloped character in the Bible, but also just helps you, I think, to own your own strength and see your unique qualities also being reflected in her. Mm. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the plug. (laughs) I just love you. I'm a seven. (laughs) So I'm always moving all over, but yes, people listen, if you have not focused on Deborah, I will link it into the show notes. She is going to rock your world. I mean it. It's crazy how amazing and inspiring she is. But but there's something about an eight and Deborah and just the way she can inspire us. And you are just totally leading the way too for other Christian females who, or females in general, who might just feel like, Hey, even uh, just the archetype of being feminine, like you said, doesn't always go with leadership and and we're making some cool strides and even seeing that's not biblical <laughs> to take right. away a woman's healthy power. So mm-hmm. thank you for bringing us to that. And, and when people challenge you, um, it sounds like your spouse doesn't, which I love. Is that true that he's not one of the people who challenges that in you and makes you feel like you have to fit this one little kind of corner? Yeah. You know, Nick is so supportive. And if anything, he always tells me how he loves my strength and how I inspire him to want to challenge himself in a new way, because Mm. I'm always challenging myself to get out of my comfort zone and to do the things that are uncomfortable, but that I know will make me better. Mm-hmm. And I think that, especially as an Enneagram nine, being the peacemaker, being the diplomat, it can be hard to step up and own your strength. Mm-hmm. And being with an eight, I think, inspires that in him to, you know, it's okay for me to to stand up. It's okay for me to tell people what I think and how I feel. And there's not always a negative repercussion to that. That's really, really helpful. And I'm really glad that it's, it's a beautiful part of you that he's trying to awaken and even learn from. That's a neat way that he's going about that versus trying to stifle your strength. Yeah. And and I am blessed with our relationship. I feel like we have a really great understanding of each other a, a lot in part due to the Enneagram, I think helps to open up doors and to open up understanding as to why he may react to a situation one way versus how I may react to the same situation in a different way. And I think 
he really is fantastic about being an amazing encourager to me in all ways. He always encourages my dreams, no matter how big and wild and crazy they are. He's always like, yes, you got this. You can do this. <laughs> oh my goodness. No wonder this hearing is dreaming big. That's just <laughs> amazing. I'm just like grinning over here for you. Wow. Oh, I love that. And so when people are thinking, wouldn't an eight and nine be so opposite and how would that work? Would, you know, there be struggles? Of course, there's going to be some, and we're going to talk about those, but that is really a beautiful piece of this. And even it goes with this conversation about being a strong woman. And it's a reminder to those who haven't married yet, that if you are feeling like you're that strong woman who doesn't fit into these boxes, people have put you in a, the Enneagram isn't about you fitting in the box. It's about you becoming healthier, but B it's also important to find a partner who can respect you right where you're at. Would you say that was big for you guys? I literally cannot stress that point. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Tell me more types though. I mean, no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what your Enneagram type is leaning into it and understanding who you are and loving who you are is Mm -hmm. so incredibly important because if, if you're not married yet and you're, you're looking for that person to spend your life with, don't you want that person to love you for who you truly are? And if you're, if you're playing small in whatever role that you're in, that person doesn't get to see all of you and your greatness. And so I think that being forward with that and, and owning who you are so that you attract those people who naturally are meant to be in your circle is just so, so important. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a good reminder to you as you're doing your work too. just, yeah, staying focused on who you're supposed to be. So you're attracting people who like who you really are. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, that's, that's important because people are shifting around going, I want to catch an Enneagram five or a two or a three. And it's like, you just need to be you and find the person who likes you. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many people in the world and not everybody is everyone's cup of tea. I just did a talk on this, um, on my page the other day about not everybody is your cup of tea, but those people aren't your people. And showing up as who you are, you're going to attract those people, whether or not it's a spouse or friends or mentors or whoever it is, you're not allowing yourself to bring those people into your life if you're hiding who you are. And it's okay that not everybody likes you. And it's okay that not everybody is your best friend. It's important to just have people who surround you that love you and support you for who you really are. Oh, that's so critical. Thank you for reminding our listeners of this, that you are worth that, whether you've been divorced or you're single or you're married and your spouse is saying, I need you to change. Understand that John Gottman, the number one marriage researcher, I loved recently just being reminded that he said, you know, we really can't be critical of one another. And there's no such thing as constructive criticism. There's just criticism. So you know, finding somebody who, yeah, we want to grow together. That's one thing, but finding somebody who's like, I don't like you at the root of who you are not okay. And I'm sure you can relate to that, that we've probably all been in relationships where that was the case. And we had to learn from that. Oh yeah. I mean, especially I think as an Enneagram eight, who is a, I, I have a strong personality and there's been moments in my life where I've been told or been insinuated that I'm too much. Mm. I'm, I'm too bold. I'm too strong. I'm too, whatever it is, insert adjective, but it's not that I'm too anything. It's just that they aren't my people. That wasn't my person. Um, and so 
were there moments that I could reflect upon and maybe I handle the situation not the best way possibly. And I can learn from that. I can grow from that. I can evolve, but I'm not changing who I am. I'm just growing as a person, but it's not Mm -hmm. my job to shrink myself to make everybody around me comfortable. Wow. And that's really hard because what somebody listening I know is going to say to me is Krista, haven't you told AIDS like to learn to share their space? And I have, but I also want you to understand that Yes, we all have places we can grow. And I was talking about some clients about this just this very morning. Yeah, that's going to be important for an eight to say, hey, like, how much am I taking up in this relationship? Do I need to pull back? Do I need to shift it all? But what's more important than that is the person with the eight can take the bad with the good because there is a lot of power with an eight. And and I'm a seven and there's going to be yucky stuff about me that Wes has to deal with every single day and vice versa. So um, and some of the stuff that's the bad is actually also the good where we might say, you know, yeah, like maybe Liza's growth point is that she does learn to manage the energy. But what if we said Liza needs to stop having all that energy and stop being an eight? I think people get that confused, right? Yes. And there, there's so much to even unpack just in that sentence, because mm-hmm. it's not that I'm an eight. This is just the way I am. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm an eight. So that means, you know, maybe I'm approaching this situation with boldness. Maybe I'm approaching the situation with a lot of energy or passion. However, it's also important to hone in on our inner two, who we are when we're in health and knowing, okay, is the, am I handling the situation with the right amount of passion? I'm not trying to bulldoze people. I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to run over other people's opinions or to make anybody feel lesser than. Mm -hmm. And if I am, then that's a spot that I need to work on and that I need to find growth in, but it's not going into my lack into my five of when I'm unhealthy and completely shrinking away and withdrawing and moving away from the situation. There's a balance between being so bold and so, so passionate that you're bulldozing and being completely withdrawn. And it's Mm -hmm. finding that healthy balance, which is an ongoing everyday task of being aware and being intentional with yourself and having those hard talks with yourself and sitting in the discomfort of, did I go too far? Did I push too hard? Did I, did I bulldoze anybody and being able to be honest with yourself if you have. Mm, Okay. I love that. And I think that's a perfect place for us to ask. Tell me how you've already had to learn this some in your marriage with your nine, or if this was something that you learned in past relationships and brought this in, like, how does an eight in a marriage learn how to do this with grace and to kind of take some of these steps? Oh, it is an every day. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. That's what I was getting at. It's not like we've arrived. Yes. No, there is no, I've arrived. I've been very involved with personality assessments pretty much my entire life. I'm a certified disc consultant. I love the Enneagram. I'm fascinated with human behavior and what makes people do the things that they do. Mm. And so understanding first myself and also identifying the people that are around me is really, really key because Mm -hmm. it would be easy specifically with thinking of my husband and I, the nine, the peacemaker, Mm -hmm. I ask him, you know, do you, 
does it bother you if I go and do this? And he says, no, I just want you to be happy. It could be really easy for me to say, okay, perfect. He just wants me to be happy. And I'm going to go and do this because he's a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. But when I challenge him, it's like, no, tell me how you actually feel. I push into that more to, to push him into his discomfort of really being honest about what he thinks and what he feels, because it's important for me to know that. And it's important for him to know that I love him and that he's heard. Mm -hmm. And that once he shares his thoughts and feelings with me, taking them to heart, not just disregarding them. So it, it's easy as an eight with a nine or an eight with, I think, you know, a two or probably some other numbers too, to just, you know, bulldoze because they said, yes, it's fine. And to just move on instead of really sitting in the discomfort of like, is it really fine? Are you really okay with this? Yes. I am sure nines all over are saying, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Teach my spouse this Uh, because, and I know you said also it's an everyday thing because with this boundless, I would say eight wing seven or maybe seven wing eight often get categorized as the most energetic of all the, the types. I don't know if you knew this, but it's literally like the biggest energy. And it doesn't mean these people never run out by the way. Of course you would know this, that there is an end. We do meet it sometimes if we're sevens or eights or other people with big energy and we need our rest. But I think that marriage with one of these types involves the person needing to be really insightful, or it could be a complete, like you said, bulldoze experience. And especially with the nine who isn't likely to say when that's happening. Um, and we've all heard podcasts where we hear nines are so unhappy where they end up leaving a marriage because they never had the voice and their spouse never made room for that voice. So it's not just a try this. It's an important aspect. And we're also not saying the nines don't need to do their work, but there's also a lot of nines out there who say, look, I've done a lot of sharing and it never gets heard. So at what point do I let my voice go? And I want to answer that by saying never. And I'm sure you would agree with that, right, Liza? Yeah. You know, when Nick and I first started dating, that was one of the things that he said to me. And I think it's because I have done so much work on myself Mm. previous that Mm -hmm. he would say, you know, you never you never talk over me. You never just, you never make me feel unheard. I always feel heard when I'm with you. Mm. And I think that he's experienced that in past relationships in his life where people just, you know, would do whatever because they know Nick's easygoing and they know he goes with the flow and that Nick is always just happy go lucky. Mm -hmm. So not taking the time to really lean into that with him and it is an ongoing thing. And Nick has been challenged by me. I'm sure he would agree, <laughs> uh, you know, standing up for himself, even when it's against me. One of the things that I loved that really resonated with me in the glow was how I build as an eight, I build trust by somebody who challenges me. I don't want to always be agreed with, even though, yes, I am, you know, I I like (laughs) to be in charge as an Enneagram. I want to be challenged. And so helping Nick to know that he, he, his voice is heard, that his voice is important is really, really uh, an important thing for him as an individual and as our relationship as husband and wife to make sure that I'm going out of my way to let him know that he's heard and that he not only is loved, but that he's felt loved every day. Mm, Oh my gosh. I know that just makes him beam when he sees that. And like you said, he was healthy enough as a nine 
to really see that before the marriage that you were a safe person to invest in because he was like, she's doing this for me. She's done her work. And whether you know your types or not in that moment, people can tell when you've done your work. Sometimes you don't even have to use the language of disc or Enneagram or anything else, but just to show people you're considerate, caring. And as you said, he's got all this nine like you said, ability to see every perspective. So if he was hiding that, that wouldn't serve you guys as a couple either. So you, you both had every advantage for being at your best. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I also wanted to ask you guys about eight vulnerability. And when eights are in marriage, sometimes they can say, I can't let go of control at all. I can't allow myself to be vulnerable. And I can't go to that virtue of innocence because I have to, I have to remember that I was hurt in the past and nobody's ever going to get to me again. Can you tell us about a healthy way that you've walked through that process? Absolutely. I think that that is also a daily thing so mm-hmm. much. I think people mm-hmm. like the idea of self-growth of thinking that they're going to read the book or do the work and that they're done. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what self-growth really is. It's really a journey and a day in and day out reminding because it's easy, even with my spouse, who I love, who I trust completely, it is still a struggle for me to be vulnerable with him. Mm -hmm. And then if I do have a moment of vulnerability that is not met with the way I think it should have been met, Mm -hmm. I can completely withdraw, Mm -hmm. even though I know there's no reason for that. So I think that it's, it's about small moments of vulnerability every day. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily me pouring my heart out at every moment, Mm -hmm. but allowing myself to have some type of vulnerability, no matter how small it is every single day with him, even if it's just, you know, telling him about my day, which seems like a silly thing, but that can be as a business owner, a moment of vulnerability for me, because as a business owner, I'm expected in my business to be the leader. I'm, you know, I'm strong. I have, I have my plans. I have everything together. And if I've had a hard day, sometimes I just want to push through that Mm -hmm. and just, you know, keep, just keep going. And if at the end of the day, I can sit down with him and just talk about why my day was hard. Mm -hmm. That is a vulnerable moment for me. (laughs) I am laughing because I relate with that so (laughs) much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Every day and the everyday part of that for us assertive aggressive types. Um, and I think that people don't always know, like we do tend to lean on our, our certain wings and I lean hard on my six wing as a seven, but my eight is there with me every day, not only from an overlay of having had an eight father, but just having that eight side. So I have that every day with West too. And for those listening who relate, it's important. We challenge that like Liza saying, so this is gold because we will not grow in emotional connectedness or really be there for each other. If we're not present with our stuff, because it's no fun for that spouse to always be the vulnerable one. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's this tug of war that we have inside of us all the time, because as a woman, there is still this part of me that has the desire to be taken care of, that has the desire to know that I can be completely vulnerable and that Nick is my husband and that he will take care of me. So there's this like tug of war happening inside of me as an any great woman of like this desire to be cared for, but also this desire to be completely in control and have it all together all of the time. <laughs> 
right. And it's just not realistic for anything, but it just, it's hard. And I think that a lot of it is unconscious when we're saying, oh, I don't want to be vulnerable. It's not like you're saying that it's just happening. Your bodies, especially as a body type, you and Nick are both body types with gut reactions. So taking a pause is so huge for an eight, nine pairing for anyone listening or any eight nines ones within those pairings, because you have to say, what is my instinct saying? And for an eight, sometimes it's going to be, don't show any vulnerability because that's a sign of weakness and it's going to be subconscious. So you're not even actively thinking that. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. That is, that is so true. And I will catch myself later on, sometimes hours later or a day later, realizing that I did something previously because I didn't want to be vulnerable. When in that moment, I labeled it any other reason. Maybe I blamed it on somebody else, but later on, I'll realize like, mm, no, that was actually a moment of me avoiding vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And that can really happen every single day. I bet if you're not careful, because that's exactly how I am. Mm -hmm. And this is where, and you might disagree with me, Krista, but this is where I do disagree with some people who say, you know, never go to bed angry because mm -hmm. again, being in the anger triad and having that gut reaction, I get really angry. <laughs> oh my gosh. You never get to sleep. Right. Exactly. I can be really angry because Nick is a nine. And so Nick is an incredibly heartfelt individual and mm -hmm. knowing that I, I mean, I can cut with my words very quickly mm -hmm. and that it is better for me to walk away sometimes or to just go to bed and we'll talk about it tomorrow after I've had time to thoughtfully and intentionally process oh. the conversation before I just go into it. Oh, wow. That's gold. I mean, seriously, because yes, we all think of our eights as helpers and going to two as you earlier referenced, but when you're in that five space of getting to think things through logically, that's a very healthy moment for you. And if the issue happens to be at the end of the day, I think that's extra honorable for you guys together. And I think you can do it as an eight and a nine to mm -hmm. say, let's wait. Now there are other combinations with eight. Let me give an example, six, who has a lot harder time doing that. But when they do their work, they also take some time and thought. So I think it's healthy. And I also think the sooner you can repair the better after that. Cause I have had spouses of eight say it's been three days. It's been four days. But I love the, the idea of if it happens at the end of the day, we don't have to stay up till 1am to solve it. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's for us. I feel like that, that has it, and being an eight, nine, I don't know if this is true for all eight nines or if it's just us, but mm -hmm. we really do not have serious arguments about much of anything. <laughs> I mean, we're both just kind of on the same page, but like when they, maybe that will change when we have kids. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> We'll see though. I mean, that's we'll great see. that it's already, yeah, you're already getting some healthy conversations going and healthy uh, systems going. And I think part of that is because going back to the big dream that we talk a lot. I mean, we talk about anything and everything all the time and we just talk all the time. <laughs> so um, I think that that also helps to cut down on arguments because we talk through a lot of things. So it's very rare that we, that we have a serious argument because we're constantly talking and dreaming together. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And I think 
you're keeping this flow going well, partly because of the work we're discussing today for the eight, nine. So for those eights and nines listening that are saying, why is my eight, nine pairing? Not quite as easy. Try to understand that you're part of the dynamic. And this is what I love about family systems work can shift it. So if you're the eight listening, be a really good listener and understand that your nine is going to feel cryptic if you're always on these walks talking just about you. But when you're gently pulling out, um, and maybe that's not the right word for an eight, <laughs> I can use <laughs> when you're intentionally being patient and waiting for the nine to share, that's probably where a lot of magic happens. Is that true? Or what word would be good there? How do you pull things out without being gentle, but you still get Nick to be able to share? I think you really, you, you said it pretty well. I think asking a question and then being okay in the silence, mm-hmm. so asking the question and allowing him or her to, to come to their answer on their own, instead of, you know, asking a question. And then if they don't answer fast enough, you say, well, do you think it's this? Do you think it's that? Because then they're like, oh yeah, well, that sounds about right. But giving them the time to actually find their own words and to listen. And then once they've given you something to ask more inquisitive questions around that area. Yeah, that helps too. And it's fascinating you saying that because there's a lot of nines who say, give me just about every nine, give me three options. And I'm going to work with those. But what you're saying is you're actually digging and this, I would expect from an eight, you're digging another (laughs) level deeper (laughs) and you're going, there's actually original thoughts and ideas that come from a nine. If you wait even longer, if you're even more patient, is that what you've noticed? Yes, absolutely. And I think it depends on what kind of thing you're doing. If you're asking where you want to go out to dinner, then sure. Maybe give them three options, but if (laughs) you're trying to really get to the heart of something or to really get inside of their mind and inside of their heart. I think there's more than three options in there that, you know, maybe just giving, giving the time, at least I know for, for Nick and I, that when given the question of, you know, something deeper, when I allow him to have that time to reflect on his own or to dig deeper on his own, even if we revisit it later, the answers that he comes up with and the thing, the, the thoughts that he have are so much deeper than what I ever would have. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And that just shows you that he's willing to dig deep if you're willing to really hear. So that's a cool system you guys have working. And I think the million dollar question for those that are spouses of eights, now that we've done some nine is how can spouses be encouraged to allow their eight to be vulnerable after we just process, how can we really let our nines be heard? Like we also talked about what you can do to be vulnerable as an eight, but what about spouses of eights? If they're seeking to get that vulnerability from them, what could you recommend they do? Oh, okay. I think (laughs) that asking questions and being genuinely interested in the answers and asking deeper questions, you know, as time goes on, or as the conversation goes on, asking also those heartfelt questions that require us to go within ourselves, and maybe challenging us a bit on our own thinking sometimes, or challenging us to go within ourselves more, and not feeling the need to 
solve the issue or fix the issue, but to just listen. Because chances are, if I have a problem, I already know how I'm solving it. (laughs) I just need to talk about it. (laughs) Yes. So I think just when there's the moment of vulnerability, when your eight is vulnerable, Mm -hmm. sitting in it with, with them and otherwise just, you know, just being in that moment without any type of judgment Mm -hmm. or, um, trying to fix something (laughs) as an eight, when Nick asked me questions that really challenged me to go deeper, to really dig deeper into, to my own self-reflection, I think is really important. And then to also give me the time to, to process what I want to say, to process how I feel. Cause a lot of times I don't know how I feel about a certain issue or a certain thing. I'll know what I think, but I don't know how I feel. So mm-hmm. allowing me to go deeper into that. Um, and then when I am vulnerable, when I do talk about how I feel, or, you know, if I have a vulnerability to, not try to help me fix an issue or to solve an issue because chances are I already know what I'm doing. I've already solved the problem. It's just now like the execution or whatever. So just being able to listen, Mm -hmm. um, I think is really powerful and to challenge me to go deeper into my feelings by also being vulnerable yourself. When Nick is vulnerable, it gives me permission to be vulnerable. Mm, okay. Wow. So when you see him model this on an everyday basis, that's good. And then this fits in so well with the last question I had for you about the pairing. And that is often with an eight, nine pairing, I'll hear the eight say, my nine doesn't want to have any conflict. So by the time I'm finally ready to be vulnerable and have conflict, sometimes they want to use that as a moment for them to bring out their conflict because they're thinking, well, we're already going to go here. So let me just bring out mine. Is that hard for you? Do you prefer that the nine bring their vulnerability out in a different moment so that you're both not trying to work on two issues at the same time? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Tell me a tiny bit more about that. (laughs) Um, I think, so it's so funny that you say that because I've actually not realized that that is an eight, nine thing that other people have felt until you said that. Um, But I do feel if I am finally bringing an issue to light Mm -hmm. and then he does that, it makes me feel unheard. And like, I should never have been vulnerable in the first place. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. because I don't mind conflict, very rarely does something go on for more than a, you know, a day Mm -hmm. before I feel like I need to bring this up and we need to talk about it versus for not for my nine for Nick he could be bringing something up that happened like a week ago or like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then it's frustrating to me as why didn't you just bring that up in the moment? Because also going back to what you said in the glow about, I build trust by when, if you're, if you can challenge me, if you can be honest with me. So Nick knowing that I'm not going to be upset with him because he's upset with me, mm-hmm. I think is really powerful. And so knowing that he can come to me, in a moment, if I've done something to upset him and we can resolve that through conversation right away, then when I bring up something that I'm upset with right away, we can talk through that one issue. And mm-hmm. it does encourage my vulnerability because I was shown in that moment that it was safe and that it was okay. And that he respected my vulnerability by allowing me to have that moment. 
Mm, Oh my gosh. Yes. And that's what it boils back down to is when you're vulnerable, I'm not going to hurt you right there, knowing how hard it is for an eight to be vulnerable, that you're not going to get robbed of it right there is so important to seeing an eight get vulnerable again. Right. Oh yes. 100%. I mean, otherwise it's so easy for, for an eight to be like, well, if I get hurt right now, I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to do that again. Mm, I'm not going to show that vulnerable side. I'm not going to open up. And so to, to be able to know that you can do that again by having it respected the first time and to feel, find safety in that is so important. Oh yeah, it is. And it even, it's what kind of differentiates you from our last guest who was a one and some people mistyped him as an eight, but for him as a one forgiveness was and kind of moving through pain was a lot different. It was a lot faster and I can relate to the holding on of that, you know, aggressive, assertive type with you a lot more, how hard that is for some of us who are like, do you realize how hard it was to be vulnerable? This is a process. So be patient with your eights out there. If they're struggling and try to look and see whether you're a nine or another pairing with an eight, have I kind of taken over in their vulnerability? Have I made them feel unsafe in any way? Ask them and try to do this in a different way. It's not that your eight doesn't want you to be vulnerable. It's just as a logical pairing, like this is a very logical pairing anyway, eight and nine, they're both, um, like we said, body types, it's the, the doubled body types are already. That's one of their gifts is to be logical. So, uh, she wants to fight and argue logically and it, it shouldn't, it's not as neat when there's two people at the same time trying to solve an issue because it gets messy, right? Yes, absolutely. That's very true. Yeah. So I think you guys can do this. And I think listeners who kind of like a mess, um, you'll have to find a compromise because that's part of every different pairing too, that there's strengths and weaknesses for all of them. So this is so good that you've just helped the eights and nines. know. nines, please uh, be vulnerable in a different moment than your eights vulnerability and eights, please lean into allowing your nine to help you open up and to be safe and to share regularly it's just a gift. And to be, to be able to also add, be a listener for your nine. Thank you for doing that. I'm so thankful that Nick has found you and vice versa. Yes. Thank you, Krista. You're welcome. And now I'm so excited because I know you're an amazing coach and already, uh, love your Aveda salon. You know, I'm actually a customer there too. (laughs) So totally love her Aveda products. I think I've talked about them about last year during COVID. I was like, my skincare (laughs) products are getting me by. Uh, And then I found out everyone was like, you remember that was like a thing, like making sourdough bread as well as skincare products. (laughs) Yes. So this is Liza's salon. I was getting my drugs from, (laughs) but, um, but not the bread, just the, just the skincare. So tell me about the coaching though, so that we can have our listeners find you and maybe connect with you in that aspect. Yeah. So I I owned my salon for about six years and I've realized I've, I've been so blessed with my salon and my team and My goal with that was really to create an environment where my team felt supported and encouraged, but also had a sense of independence and control over their futures. And through that, I created a business that was really self-sustainable in less than three years. And I realized how many businesses, business owners 
don't have that. They, they don't have the team that they were hoping to have. They don't have the business they were hoping to have. And a lot of it ties into creating the culture within your business and also creating systems within your business. So I started a coaching business to really help business owners be mm -hmm. able to create those two things, to create the culture and the systems so that they don't have to sacrifice their personal life. They can have a fulfilling and rich personal life and a successful business simultaneously. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. And so as, as a, as a business coach, that's really been my mission is to help other business owners find success, both personally and professionally. So um, I'm on Instagram at underscore Liza underscore Carden. I also have my website, which is lizacarden.com to learn more information. Um, but that's really my mission. My mission as a business owner is to empower my, my stylist to have fulfilling careers that they feel like they can reach their goals. And then as a coach, it's my goal to help other businesses to create that within their own companies. Oh my goodness. How wonderful that you're focusing in on businesses so that people don't find that their business has taken over every aspect of who they are. And that is, I mean, what a gift that is to be able to say to people, I've been there and I know what that's like. And there is a way out of that trap of thinking you need to be working 24 seven. Yeah. I think, you know, if you ask a business owner, how are you doing today? Chances are, it's going to be the same thing that I used to always say, which is awesome. My business is great. And the thing mm -hmm. is you are not your business. Your business might be your baby, but you are not your business and mm -hmm. helping people to be able to create a, a successful business and a successful personal life is been really a blessing to see in my clients that I've been working with, to have them be able to spend more time with their family, more time with their friends, more time working on themselves and doing things that they really love while not being worried about what's happening at their business, not worried if their business is going to, you know, make it through, through a pandemic or make it through next year because they have all of those systems and that culture in place that they can rest easy knowing that they have both of these things personally and professionally. Oh, wow. Okay. That is just beautiful. Thank you for refreshing us. I think if we could think of one word for the eight, when they're in their healthy place, it's like I said, at the beginning, there's energy that you give and bring and share with people. So thank you for being so refreshing today for our listeners um, to make us understand the safety of an eight and the beauty an eight can add to the world, as well as to invite people. If you guys want to find Liza, she's out there to help you with your business so that you can actually grow and dream big too. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Krista, so much. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day. You too. Oh, I'm so glad I got to chat with Liza. I hope you guys had such a good time listening. It was so cool to just hear the inner mechanics of their marriage. And I hope that you guys will continue to work on yours and be inspired that even if somebody else thinks that you guys would be too opposite or that you're a strong woman and you're a paradox, let them think that. Let you do, however, what you are made to do. And that is crush your goals, have a good time doing it, hopefully most of the time, get your rest and continue to love your people and even allow people to be surprised by how much your marriage is growing. I would love to hear about that. I know. And I'll be seeing you soon on this show as well as maybe on Instagram. And I'll leave everything else in the show notes for you today. Have a great day.